Welcome to the Cyber Rants Podcast, where we're all about sharing the forbidden secrets and slightly embellished truths about corporate cybersecurity programs. We're ranting, we're raving, and we're telling you the stuff that nobody talks about on their fancy website and trade show giveaways, all to protect you from cybersecurity criminals. And now, here's your hosts, Mike Rotondo, Zach Fuller, and Laura Chavez. Hello and welcome to the Cyber Rants Podcast. This is your co-host, Zach Fuller, joined by Mike Rotondo and Laura Chavez. Hello, how are you guys doing? Oh, oh, oh Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's this is our last recording of the year. Yep. Happy Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Throw those two in there too. Sorry. Yep. And all, whatever others we're missing. Whatever others. Sure. There's more. But um holidays happy. Yeah. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing for the holidays? Hoping Santa comes here. I don't know that he's got the COVID. I think he's exempt from that. So I'm hoping that he you know, he flies over and drops some new Wi-Fi pineapples my way. I'll take yeah. a bash bunny. That'd be That's nice. What you're, what you're hoping for, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll even take some, you know, some used uh, top layer gear too. It's fine. Yeah. Hack 5, if you're listening, you know mm-hmm. what to get, Laro, for Christmas. That's right. I've got the stockings just large enough to fix the large boxes for the nanos uh, for your pineapple. So they'll just so you know that they'll fit right in those stockings. Or I even labeled it. Put pineapple here. How about some more uh, Mac Mini black boxes for internal pen tests? Oh yeah, no, that's on my list too. Yeah, no, my list of Santa this year was pretty ridiculous. I'm I'm assuming he's snarfing at me right now, but um, I'm waiting to see if I get the the Wi-Fi pineapples, the Bash bunnies, or yeah, the black box Mac Minis with 64 gig of RAM and the last gen of the i7. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this Ryzen chipset in my Macs, but um, that's okay. We'll we'll roll it. I mean, they're already in there technically for some of the gear, but um, from the for the Pro series, I'm. I'm I'm hopeful. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. I saw an article that some of the new MacBooks actually may be going back to Intel. I don't know if there's truth in that or not, but I didn't really read it. What's Santa bringing you for Christmas this year, Mike? What'd you ask for? A nap. <laughs> what? <laughs> a nap. Uh, some new Opus X, and uh, you know, a couple bottles of Lagavulin. You know, the usual. Nice. Nice. for birthday, Easter, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve. Nice. I like that. Your list is consistent. So we always know what to get you for your birthday, too. It's just, it's right there. Nice. Uh, that and my uh, new black hat action figure. Got some vintage Darth Vader coming. So, you know, that kind of stuff. Nice. Oh, I see. Right, you went, you asked Santa for the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got enough tech to keep me busy for a while. I'd rather have toys and boxes I can't open, but can look at. So. <laughs> <laughs> good point what's Santa bringing you Zach what'd you ask for oh I don't even know I haven't thought that far ahead yet we've got so much going on right now that's uh that's still a week away <laughs> I, I, I thought he was going to bring you one of those electric mountain bikes so that you could um you know go ahead and accept your role as a middle-aged human and how, how dare you how <laughs> dare you tell me I would ride an electric mountain bike no way I pedal the old-fashioned way, I embrace the pain and suffering of that sport, and it's 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 glorious in every way. But, got robotic um, knees, man. Robotic knees. I thought I thought you told me that Santa already brought you what you asked for, man. With that whole, I got a new whole new archery setup, new bow, release arrows, whole nine yards, and I'm 
I'm starting to get halfway decent again after 22 years or so of not shooting. So, um, but, uh, got to, got to take more time to practice makes practice makes perfect. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a busy thing for us. You know, the, the, as we all know, this time of year is crazy, especially in the cybersecurity industry. A lot of these initiatives get pushed to the end, but, um, but why, 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 <laughs> I think we should get into that, but we want to make sure that we cover the foundational elements of the podcast first, which of course are the news and the vulnerabilities. Mike, you want to kick us off? as anchorman santa and the news so there's just a quick headline uh, I, I know we all know about the solar winds thing so i'm going to give you a couple quick headlines on that one but there is a new microsoft malware out that affects over thirty thousand pcs a day so uh, it's browser based and delivered so you know keep an eye out for that and that includes edge chrome yandex and mozilla so those are all out there you know if you're really concerned about it use brave maybe that's not mentioned or used Another thing that's, you know, it's kind of getting an old story off all the remote issues that we're seeing, all the remote attacks. We get people attacking kids now. Threat actors target K through 12 distance learning education. Uh, this warning comes from CISA and the FBI. And it's, you know, it's bad enough that, you know, you got politicians canceling snow days and, uh, you know, you can't pull the Ferris Bueller ducking out of school when mom and dad know where you're at. Uh, so, you know, now we're attacking kids over distance learning. So that needs to stop. That's terrible. Yeah, you know, uh, the Please Read Me ransomware attacks 85K MySQL servers. There's over 250,000 stolen data, databases on the website. And there's a whole list of, uh, and I don't want to bore you all, but here's a you know, quick one. Highly evasive attacker leverages solar wind supply chain to compromise multiple global victims with sunburst backdoor. 18,000 organizations possibly compromised in massive supply chain and cyber attack. SolarWinds issues second hot fix for Ryan platform supply chain, supply chain attack. Interestingly enough, uh, we've come across a couple of clients that were not keeping up to date with their SolarWind patches, so they were spared. Um, that is the exception. That is not the rule. That is not a proper strategy going forward. Security through obscurity right there working. Yeah, yeah. not highly recommended to not patch and you know hope you're, you're dodging the bullet. That being said, in this case, it did work. Um, concerns run high as more details of SolarWinds hack emerge. As we know, Homeland Security got hit, Treasury got hit, Red Eye got or FireEye got hit. Um, Silent Sector did not get breached, so you know we got that going for us. Microsoft partnered with security firms to sinkhole the, the command and control servers uh, domain, excuse me, used in the Cyber SolarWinds uh, hack. Microsoft is quarantining SolarWinds apps linked to the recent hack starting tomorrow. We're not saying this is how SolarWinds is backdoored, but there is an FTP password linked on GitHub in plain text. And guess what the guess what the password was? It was SolarWinds one two three. I guess if they'd had SolarWinds one two four three four, maybe they wouldn't have gotten hacked. Uh, SolarWinds hackers' capabilities include bypassing MFA. This is kind of scary because if you can bypass MFA, that is great. That, there's a whole other thing behind beyond SolarWinds. If you're if you're getting on MFA, which you know, arguably one of the better pieces of cyber of, of uh, authentication security. We got bigger problems. Google had an outage, as we all know, but it wasn't tied to solar winds. Uh, 
defected YouTube, Gmail, and more. Google Out is tied to authentication system manage, not the supply chain attack. So you know, lastly, ending on a high note for all you Christmas shoppers, security issues in POS terminals open consumers to fraud. Anybody familiar with PCI is aware this is always a concern. Apparently, it's becoming a bigger issue due to some missing patches in POS terminals used by retailers worldwide. Uh, so be careful when you're using that credit card. Keep an eye, an idea, an eye on your next statement and make sure that, uh, you know, you're not buying oil and lumber in uh, Uzbekistan instead of buying things at Macy's. Where am I uh, going to get my lumber and oil? <laughs> well, you know, maybe local, closer to home. Okay. Well, I guess I get, I've always got good deals in Uzbekistan. So it's, yeah. yeah. Uzbek has the best deal on oil, I hear. Uh, well, Laura, what are the... The vulnerabilities of concern for the well, concern. Well, I mean, that Microsoft is back on the list is no big surprise. But uh, really, the only thing for this week that the Grinch is bringing in his bag of vulnerabilities is more Oracle enterprise stuff. So it doesn't matter if you're on, if you're using it in, in GNOME or you're using it on Linux or you're using it on Windows or you're using it on unbreakable enterprise Linux. It doesn't matter if you're using Oracle. <laughs> in any fashion or form, please patch it. Um, I've not, I've been just shocked at how many Oracle vulnerabilities have been out the last couple months. So lots of stuff going on there, but that's it. Nothing else really to, to talk about from a vulnerabilities perspective. The Grinch brought his bag of tricks and, and other fascist ways this, this, this time, I guess. It's certainly been a interesting year to say the least. Um, I know a lot of people are, are going to be glad to see it over um but uh you know just the, the reminder of course um cyber criminals are have been ramping up their activities and they're certainly not going to stop for the holidays be extra vigilant dust off that ir plan you know make sure that you have good visibility in your environment because um these activities aren't going to stop they're not going to take a break for the holidays but but yeah it has been an interesting year um i there have been a couple things that to me, kind of stood out, you know, one with the, the, the lawsuit um, against Capital One for the big breach, you, you all heard about that, but that really opened up kind of a whole can of worms related to attorney-client privilege and how incident response is handled. Granted, the way the way it was done from a legal perspective, and I'm no attorney, was was blatantly wrong. Um, and, and so, in essence, if you didn't follow that, the opposing counsel was able to get the uh, all the forensics and like post-breach reports that were done for for Capital One that they didn't know were going to get out, and so that you know the opposing counsel was able to poke a bunch of holes in their in their security program and and practices, and and um, resulted in major major fines. So, um, with that being said, a lot of people that are in the incident response space are being extra vigilant now, and that will kind of change how things are done. Forever, when it comes to uh, you as an organization getting and engaging incident response services. So if you don't um, already have a deep understanding of that, we won't go into depth today, but uh, maybe another episode, but really um, it comes down to consult your attorneys um, and make sure you have good ones that focus on that stuff. Um, and then the other development I thought was interesting was the governments, the U.S. government's kind of shift in perspective, and I think it's a good shift, um, really may, imposing uh, very steep fines on companies that pay ransoms to uh, known threat actors, even if the companies don't know that that 
is a known threat actor that they're paying a ransom to, the government can come and investigate and um, charge them outrageous amounts. Um, and rightfully so. I think it, I think that's a step in the right direction. The, the, we have Absolutely. to get away from the incentives. You know, we have to have to make it. We have to take out the economic benefits for um, cyber criminals to go out their business and do what they do. So, and and this is so great, two right? things that stuck out stuck out to me. No, that's great. And and I think, man, I could say Santa probably brought me my present already this year. If that's you know, since that's been in in place, um, kind of forgot about that. You know, we got to stop incentivizing these organizations for bad security practices with insurance coverage. You know what I mean? Because they they feel if they pay the rent, you know, they, they don't prepare, something happens, they can't back, you know, right, they don't have a backups, or something simple like that, where they're like, Oh, we're only taking snapshots, we weren't really backing anything up. And, and so now they've got to rebuild, backups, which is even more critical. Exactly. And so now you got to pay the cyber criminals, because you didn't prepare, you should, you should be punished for that. I mean, you should have, you should have already prepared and, and your insurance shouldn't cover you, I don't think. And so I'm certainly glad to see this because I, I do believe that that bad security posturing should should at this point be some form of, you know, I don't want to say punishment, but you certainly shouldn't get um, a free ride from an insurance company because you made a bad decisions that led to a, you know, a hack that, you know, cost a bunch of individuals like us and you and everybody out there listening their data. Right. Well, I think we talked about this in a previous um, uh, podcast is that, you know, people have gotten lazy because of cybersecurity insurance. You know, they're like, oh, I'm insured. You know, it's kind of like a uh, fender bender. No big deal. Insurance company will cover it. Not realizing the long-term damage or long-term financial impact of that kind of thing. And I think it's incumbent upon these insurance companies to start doing an actual risk assessment prior to writing a policy. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of, you know, com- 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 competition in the market, but, you know, to get the policies out and get them written. But I, I would start demanding you know at least some kind of attestation from a third party before uh writing a cybersecurity policy yeah couldn't agree more absolutely otherwise it's like me you know getting you know going to having 14 shots of jameson or something that's probably a bad example for the whiskey drinkers out there but anyways i will use we use something better like yeah you really should be ashamed of yourself for that yeah i should okay (laughs) i was fine okay so i'll 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 be posh and I'll say, I'll drink a fifth of whistle pig 15 year. Okay, fine. And then I'm going to get in my Corvette. I'm going to drive like a maniac on the highway and I'm going to do it because I know it doesn't matter if I wreck my car because I have insurance. Right. Right. I mean, that's, it's exactly the same type of misbehavior these organizations are conducting with not being proactive with their programs in, in, in the thought and the mindset that it doesn't matter because I have cyber insurance. Yep. And then we could certainly go, you know, go deep into the, into the topic, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's an interesting kind of dynamic of, um, at first it was, you know, companies were almost rewarded, you know, there's like, oh yeah, good. You paid the ransom, got your data back that, and that's terrible thinking, but. Are they actually really getting their data back? I mean, they're getting data, but that doesn't mean that company that whoever hacked them still doesn't have that data. Oh, yeah. Well, and here's the work too. You've got to, you've got to decrypt all the files. Yeah. You, you don't, it doesn't just magically go back when you've, you've had a, you know, a, a crypto locker attack or equivalent. I mean, you've got, you've got to, you've got to put the, the yeah. keys in there to unlock everything. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, don't get, don't get Grinched this year. Remember the Grinch, the Grinch, the Grinch took Whoville on Christmas Eve. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs, but I think, you know, there's some moves in the right direction. I'm, I'm optimistic uh, to see what comes 
Absolutely. Know, next year, I think, um, you know, it's going to be, a, it, I, I think a lot of people are looking forward to next year, but I know that companies, uh, at least the, the ones that we see and work with in the marketplace are, um, seem to be kind of getting used to this, this tempo and this kind of new way of life. They are, um, you know, being, being proactive again, getting things done again. Of course, a lot of that stacks up, you know, for year end, because a lot of the work stopped, you know, earlier in the year when COVID hit. But next year, you know, something to think about, um, we wanted to share for, for those organizations out there. It's very common for companies to push a lot of cybersecurity compliance initiatives, especially like pen testing and risk assessments and such into Q4. Um, so what you, as you're planning for next year, um, one just a piece of advice we would provide is that you um, think about your kind of the cyclical nature of your security program. Think about the kind of the operational tempo of what you're doing when. And I'd recommend putting some of these activities that you traditionally do in Q4, uh, move them up to, to Q2 or three. And the reason for that is you're going to get better deals and more attention from a lot of cybersecurity companies because you won't be kind of trying to trying to cram everything in at the last minute like a lot of companies do. So there's just my thoughts, kind of advice for for next year as people are uh, as people are are going about their planning and business. Thank you for that, Zach. I'm going to follow that advice next year. That was awesome. You got any more more good stuff for me that I can well, take in next year? Um, eat lots of vegetables. You oh, know. that's good. That's good. I eat lots of vegetables, lean meats as well. You know. Oh, I asked Santa for lean meats. Cut back on your. You, you lost me already. Sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was about to say cut back on your alcohol intake, your caffeine intake, all those things, and. Uh... Yeah. Whatever, man. You can talk about Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Dodge the Grinch. I, He's yeah. inside. The Grinch is here already. Oh no. Dodge is a vegetable. That's. Uh, I'm only allowed one piece of wisdom per episode and that was it. So I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> We're done. Well, that's, that's probably good. That's a good place to end the show for the year, man. And um, yeah. So I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season, including the two of you. I can't wait thank to see you both in the new year. So Absolutely. I just want to thank, you know, thank all of our listeners. Um, please, please uh, rate our show provide your comments, good, bad, indifferent, rant away. Uh, we yes, want to hear, you. you know, we, we, we want to share things that are relevant um, to you and uh, continue to improve this, make it better um, in, into the new year. So um, thank you again for joining us. Uh, happy holidays. I uh, hope you get to take some time off, uh, much deserved, especially after this year. And uh, we're looking forward to a great 2021. Happy new year, everyone. Pick up your copy of the Cyber Ants book on Amazon today. And if you're looking to take your cybersecurity program to the next level, visit us online at www.silentsector.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Cyber Ants podcast.